Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. So today we're starting a brand new series. We're going to be talking about walking in divine health. Uh, Walking in divine health. I know there are a lot of you in here who are already walking in divine health and you do not have any sickness in your body. We thank God for that and we just want to cement that revelation. For those of you who have uh, a sickness and pain in your body, we also want to show you what the Bible has to say about it so that you can counter-attack it and get set free uh, from it. Amen? So the first question, you know, I've heard a lot of uh, things said about sickness uh, in relation uh, to God, and uh, one of the things that people say is that, you know, sometimes God will bring sickness to you to try and get your attention or to try and... uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 teach you something. Let's find out what God's mindset or what God's perception is from the Word of God concerning uh, sickness and disease. Is that all right? Man, I'm telling you today, uh, I- I'm going to teach a whole lot, but I'm going to read a whole lot of scripture as well. And you can pick and choose what you like and uh, whatever you like, stay in there and meditate on that. I guarantee it will change your life. Amen. I said amen. Amen. So we need to change our mindsets concerning uh, uh, sickness and disease. We need to know exactly what God's will is when it comes to uh, sickness and disease. What is God's view of sickness? Let us go to Exodus chapter number 5. I'm going to read from verse 23 to 27. Exodus chapter number 15. Chapter number 15, verse 23. Chapter number 15, verse 23. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was Marah. So Marah means bitterness. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried out unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. Remember, tree speaks of the cross. Amen. I said Amen which when he cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. And he said, If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. So God here, this is the first time we actually see the name Jehovah Rapha, which is God, the God that heals you. So God actually attaches, because your name in the, Old, in the Old Testament and part of the New Testament, your name represented uh, a part or a, a, a component of your personality. <coughs> They just didn't give out names for the sake of giving out names. 
Every time you see a name, it would represent a component of someone's personality. Amen? So God here is saying, part of my personality is Jehovah Rapha. It is the God that heals you. Amen? I believe it would be counterproductive for God to make you sick and then heal you, right? Yeah. It's, it's like two minus two. What do you get? It will start at the same place. Amen? So let's find out as well from Deuteronomy chapter number 28 what God's mindset of you know, sickness is. Deuteronomy chapter number 28 verse 61. Now Deuteronomy 28 uh, uh, is the chapter that lists the blessings and the curses. Amen? Amen? And let's see if sickness is a blessing or a curse. Verse 58 of Deuteronomy chapter number 28. Watch what it says. It says, if you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, verse 59, then the Lord will bring upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, and serious and prolonged sicknesses. Moreover, he will bring back on all of you the diseases of Egypt, of which you were afraid, and they shall cling to you. Also, every sickness and every plague, which is not written in this book of the law, will the Lord bring upon you until you are destroyed. So, sickness is listed in the uh, 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 curse section of the chapter. But what's interesting about this verse is the Lord keeps saying, I will do it. Did you see it? And that's a big question. And for you to understand why the Lord is saying, I will do it, let us go to Exodus chapter number 24, verse 3. I want you to understand what kind of covenant these people were operating under and who came up with this covenant. Exodus chapter number 24, verse 3. Before you get it twisted. <laughs> We've got to revamp your philosophy around sickness. You remember last week? We're dealing with philosophy. We've got to put some good bricks on your philosophy concerning uh, divine health and healing from the Lord. Amen? I said amen. It says in verse 3, And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord. So God had presented his covenant to the children. And all the judgments and all the people answered with one voice. This is dangerous, what the people answered and said. All the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said, we will do. So they decided to come up with their own covenant called works. All the things that the Lord has said, we will do. God had just presented the judgment and the statutes and the right response should have been, we need a savior. We can't do this. But you know what they said? They said, everything you've said to us, Lord, we will do it. And they even repeated it in verse number uh, 6, I believe. Verse number 7. Verse number 7 of 24. It says, and Moses came and told the people. No, verse 7. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people. Man, he was trying to convince them. He began to read these things. About 613 of them. You know, the priest shall not come into the presence of the Lord if he has a pimple. <laughs> you cannot sweat in the presence of the Lord. 
Man, he began to read the 613 commandments. And the perfect response would have been, Lord, we can't do it. Now watch what they said. Verse 7. And all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. So they excluded Jesus from the picture. They wanted to earn it with their own works. And because of that, God was obligated to keep that covenant with them. Because that's the covenant they presented before God. God is a just God, and he is operating in a covenant that is based on works, unlike you and me. So in the Old Testament, God brought people what they deserve. In the New Testament, God brings people what Jesus paid for on the cross. But the gist of the matter is, diseases and sicknesses are listed under the curse section of uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 28. So it's not a blessing. Amen? Amen. I said amen. amen. So you don't have to make adjustments. You have to take care of it. He lists this as a curse. He lists this as a, as a plague. And he says it belongs to Egypt. Did you see it? See, these sicknesses that belonged to Egypt will I bring on you. So these sicknesses weren't even yours. Amen. But because of the covenant you have presented, you are qualifying yourself for something that's not even yours. Amen? So we want to establish this morning that, man, this thing is not from God. Job chapter number 42 verse 10. And the power to heal you is right here today, this morning. You can grab a hold of it today, this morning. Just change the way you think and start thinking in line with God's word. Amen? Amen. I said amen. Amen. And every time I talk like this, people always say, oh, we'll see. When you get old, we'll see what will happen to you. There's a man in the Bible called Moses. The Bible says he was 120 years old and his strength had not diminished nor his eyesight dim. And he operated in an inferior covenant than you and I. The Bible says you and me have a better covenant established on better promises. He went away with all his organs intact. How many of you realize you don't have to get sick to die? You can just decide and slip into it. Job chapter number 42 verse 10. And the Lord turned the captivity. Someone say captivity. Now Job was sick and the Bible is calling it a captivity. It's calling it a prison. The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. He classifies sickness as a captivity, as a prison. Man, sickness wants you to make adjustments to it. Man, I want you to see sickness for what it is this morning. It's not a blessing. It's a plague. It's a curse. It's not a blessing. It's, it's imprisonment. Amen? So you don't have to make adjustments to it. You need to tap into the freedom that Jesus paid for on the cross for all of us for free. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. You know, what would you do? Let me ask you this question. Man, this is phenomenal. What would you do if you went back home and saw as, be honest about this, we don't have any environmental, you know, uh, protection people. So you, you, can, you can tell it like it is. What would you do if you went back and you saw a big old snake in your lounge? At home. She said she would go call her husband to do what? 
to kill it. Who else says, Pastor, I'm killing that thing. I ain't even thinking about it. Okay, how many of you in here would make adjustments? You know what? From today onwards, we will no longer watch TV. We'll just walk into the room and go to the bedroom. And then we'll go to the kitchen and avoid the lounge because that's where the snake is. How many of you would do that? Well, let me tell you, sickness is a snake. And a lot of people in the church have been making adjustments. I can't jump that high. I can't eat that. I can't drink that. I can't move. I can't come to church. I can't go play with my kids. Why? Because there is a snake. No, kill that thing. That thing is not to bless you. It's to steal from you. In fact, that's what it does. Man, today I'm going to make you so angry. The next time you see someone who's sick, you just won't know what to do, but lay hands and just... Tell that thing to go. Why? Because the power of God to heal is available for all of us. But we have to change the way we think. We have to not make adjustments but kill the snake. And even if it doesn't die on the first stroke. See, this is where we make the mistake. If it doesn't die on the first stroke, we say, oh man, I didn't have enough faith, so I'm just going to hang my boots and just try again next year. No, none of you in here would go to rest with that snake in the house. And that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to set your faith loose when it comes to healing and stand in that word without wavering until your healing manifests. You know, we've heard testimonies of people, my wife, had to wait on a healing for two years. But you have to stand in that house, get that broom, get those stones, and throw them until that thing dies. And even when it dies, some of you would take it outside and burn it to make sure that this thing is gone. Amen? Amen? So it's a captivity. It's not a blessing. God is not blessing you. When he sends, it's, it's, it's a captivity from Satan. Amen? Luke chapter number 4 verse 18. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter number 4 verse 18. This is Jesus reading from Isaiah. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal. Someone say to heal. heal. He says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. He classifies it as a captive as well. And recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised. Jesus came to preach deliverance. Let's see how he preached deliverance to the captives. Acts chapter number 10 verse 38. Acts chapter number 10 Verse 38. Let's see how he exercised it. Amen? He says in Acts chapter number 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Remember, in Luke chapter number 4, verse 18, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me too. And here, it tells us how that panned out. He says, Acts chapter number 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good? Someone say doing good. What was the good that you went about doing? Healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He classifies sickness as an oppression. How many of you would gladly choose freedom from oppression? 
Man, it's available for you. Jesus went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil. God wants you to live a life of wellness. God wants you to walk in divine health. You may not be there right now, but guess what? Start taking steps towards that and stop making adjustments and excuses and kill the snake. See it for what it is. And have a holy indignation, a holy anger towards sickness. Man, it's amazing how people make adjustments. I was talking to someone and they said, man, I always get a flu every winter. And I said, well, I don't. They said, really? I said, yeah. They said, why? I said, because I choose not to. They said, can you do that? I said, yes, I can. They said, where did you get that? I said, from God's word. He says, I've set before you life and death. You, who gets to do the choosing? So I choose not to get a flu. And they were talking about a man flu, actually. In fact, I went to buy some instruments, and almost everyone in that department was not in the office because they were all sick. So they were saying, man, you know how you guys act when you get a man flu? I said, I don't get a man flu. I don't know what that is. And guess what? That's my position because I know that thing is a snake, and I don't want to. How many of you, if DHL came to your house with a box full of snakes, would gladly sign for it because it's snake season after all. Man, that's how you should see that flu. I don't want it. It's, it's a, I don't want it. I choose divine healing. And guess what? If, if it ever attacks me, I'm still standing on that word. I don't want it. And I'll fight it tooth and nail. Amen? So he says Jesus went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Let's go to John 6, verse 38. Is it God's will for me to get sick? Is it God's will? Does God use sickness to teach his children uh, a lesson? Let's go to John 6, 38. It says in John 6, verse 38, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And what did Jesus do? He went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil. That's God's will. Healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Amen. And this is why he said to the believers. He says, believers shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Amen. The problem we have had is that believers aren't convinced that the power is available. Well, let me tell you, the power is available. And you and I need to act as the conductors that take the power of God from the spiritual realm into manifestation. Amen. Man, this one will change your life. The only person who can make a difference in the earth realm is someone with a physical body. The Apostle Paul was awesome. But he can't go to Randberg and preach the gospel. I can. You know why? Because God set up the system that only people with a body can operate in the earth realm. That's why Jesus had to take on a body of a man. And in the same way, when you have a body, you act as a conductor. That takes the power of God from the spiritual realm, and it flows through you. That's why the Bible says his eyes go to and flow, looking for someone he can flow through, looking for someone who's not dead wood. 
So what we are doing now is changing you from being plastic to being a conductor to being a, a steel, iron, copper, something that can translate the power of God from the spiritual realm into other people's lives. But you have to think this way. Sickness is not a blessing. God is not trying to uh, get your attention. It's an oppression and we will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That, this has to be your mindset. Amen. Man, this is awesome. This sets you free. Because you know who the enemy is. Remember what he said in John chapter number 10 verse 10? He says the enemy, Satan, comes to do what? To steal, to kill. and to, That's what sickness does. Come on, let's face it. Sickness comes to steal your time. It comes to steal your joy. I've never met someone, you know, hallelujah, I'm sick. (laughs) No, it's always, oh man, this thing, get off me. It comes to steal your joy. It comes to steal your relationships. It comes to kill. Ultimately, what Satan is trying to do is to take you out. He's coming out to kill you. It comes to destroy. He wants to steal your finances. He wants to destroy your finances. And sometimes what he does is he puts a sickness on you. And just drain your finances. Amen? So we have to see sickness for what it is if we are going to walk in the will of God. And Jesus said, I came to do the will of him who sent me. And what did Jesus do? He went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Amen? Amen. Let's go to 3 John chapter number 3 verse 2. Third John, chapter number 3, verse 2. Is this good so far? Is this making you angry enough? Man, the power of God is already on the inside of you. The Bible says you have the resurrecting power of God on the inside of you. Man, you are a walking power station. You don't have to wait until the next evangelist is in town. Uh, go to get healed. Man, you can let that power manifest in your body right now. The Bible says we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us that quickens mortal bodies. It makes dead bodies come alive. Organs are here this morning. Brand new organs. It's available for you. Jesus has already paid for it. And you need to take it aggressively. Third John. Chapter number 1, verse 2. He says, Beloved, I wish you could change that word from wish to will. He says, I wish or I will above all things. So this is my will. This is God speaking to us. He says, I will above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Did you see it? Third John 1, verse 2. He says, I wish above everything. So there's a whole lot of things that he... He, he would wish for you, but above all of them, he wishes that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I like that phrase, even as your soul prospers. He's saying to the degree that you allow it to change the way you think. Man, you have to renew your mind to it. Luke chapter number 13 verse 10. Man, this time is going fast. Luke chapter number 13 verse 10. 10. <coughs> Thank you, Jesus. I remember three weeks ago when we had the worship night. I came to the worship night and when I was driving to come, I realized that I had a sharp pain in my lower back. I literally couldn't sit in the car seat driving to church. Man, this thing was sharp. 
And when I got here, I just, you know, made sure I, uh, I walked around and I just avoided sitting. And then I realized, wait a minute, Jesus paid for this. Why am I making adjustments? And then I started sitting. I started doing the exact opposite of what this thing wanted me to do. I said, listen, I'm not going to make adjustments. I'm going to go home and I'm going to do, I'm going to live my life the, 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 the best way I know how without making any adjustments to the sickness. And after about a week, that thing went away and never came back. Without taking any pain stuff or painkillers or any of that stuff. Of course, I took coffee, but I don't know if it helped. <laughs> it says in verse 10, Now he, Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. So she, you know, she, she had a, a back pain as well. But I like the diagnosis. Did you see it? He said she had a spirit of what? There's not a single doctor, and we have doctors in this church, and we love them, and I'm not criticizing them, but there's not a single doctor in the world who would diagnose a spirit of infirmity. They would say it's multiple scoliosis. Let's operate. They'll take you to the operation table. But Jesus knew it was a spirit, a spirit of infirmity. And how did he deal with it? But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Boom. Man, this is awesome. He says, you are loosed from your spirit of infirmity. And when he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, Satan has bound. Remember, sickness is describing it as, you know, Satan binding him. He's describing it as bondage from Satan. He says, this woman whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. Man, this is awesome. He's saying it was a bondage from Satan. And she can be loosed even on Sabbath. That means God doesn't take a rest. That means he has obtained eternal redemption for us. That means the power of God is at work all the time. All we need to do is to tap into it. He obtained eternal Redemption. You remember in the Old uh, Testament when the children of Israel had the plague of snakes coming and biting them and he took another brazen snake and he asked the leaders to hold it and everyone would look up to the brazen snake would get healed immediately. And why did he use a brazen brass snake? It symbolizes uh, something that cannot be corrupted. Something that cannot rust. So the covenant that Jesus paid for is eternal. Your healing is eternally guaranteed. You know, there are those who believe healing died with the apostles. No, this thing is eternal. And why did he use a brazen serpent? He became that which was tormenting them so that they could receive the freedom and healing. And that's what the Bible says. He who knew no sin became sin. So that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. So Jesus on the cross took all of the sickness that would torment the world. And we need to connect to the power that he released uh, uh, for us. And next week we're going to be talking about some of the hindrances that stop people from, you know, tapping into this power that is available for us. And we're going to be dealing with them. 
We're going to be talking about some of the reasons why people actually get sick. And Jesus deals with them. Amen? Amen. I said amen. amen. Let's go to Mark chapter number 3 from verse 1 to 3. Thank you, Jesus. Man, you can walk in divine health. Amen. A thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. Yeah. But it will not come near you. Amen. No plague shall come near my dwelling. Yep. And it's a promise, and I take it. And he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So he, they watched him closely when, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. Can you, man, these this, this people are crazy. And he said to the man who had a withered hand, step forward. Then he said to them, is it lawful? On the Sabbath to do good or evil, to save a life or to kill it. I like the way he's classifying sickness. Do you see the way he classifies it? He says to do good, which means to heal. Or to do evil, which means to what? To keep keep him sick. So he says it's evil. Man, Jesus, what's, 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 what's better on a Sabbath to do good, which is to heal the man, or to do evil, which is to leave him sick. To save a life or to kill one. Essentially, he's classifying healing as saving a life and not healing as killing. Sickness is out to kill you. Man, you can bake it whichever way you want, and like they did with the designer life, you can put whatever. Man, the bottom line is this thing is out to take you out. It's a snake. And we must take care of it, eh? This is why every Sunday we do not live without fail, without laying hands on the sick. Because yeah. we believe this power is available. Yeah. And this is why every Sunday, not only do we not live without laying hands on the sick, you get to lay hands on the sick. Why? Because when you're at home and your child gets sick, you need to know how. Man, you can't be calling Pastor T because I switch off my phone at 8.30 p.m. <laughs> and switch it on the next day at 8.30 a.m. So, man, I'll be not available. So you need to learn how to take advantage and connect to the power of God. Amen? So what happened? They kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, I like Jesus is angry. Man, this man needs to get healed. Being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored as war as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with their audience against him how they might destroy him. Psalm 103. Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, no more adjustments. No. Someone shout, I will live and walk in divine health. Someone shout, my body keeps well. Shout, pain, leave my body right now in Jesus' name. Man, pain is a tormentor. It says in verse 1 of Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And he puts a semicolon. 
103. Psalm 103. 103. 103. 103. 103. Okay, there you go. It says in verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Next verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Dash, dash. <laughs> or semicolon, if you're reading from my King James Bible. He's about to tell you what those benefits are. And he says here, forget not his benefits. Why did he say forget not his benefits? Because if you forget it, you cannot take advantage of what you have forgotten. Man, you need to know this in your know that God wants me well. You need to, this has to be a personal conviction. So that when sickness comes, you know 153% that this is not from God. Because if you think it's from God, you're not going to fight hard. And this is the reason why people don't fight the good fight of faith. Because if 50% of it, think of it this way, if 50% of it is from God because he's trying to get my attention and the other 50% is from the devil and I'm in the ring, I can't be swinging that hard because I may hit Father God. But when, I'm, when I know I'm in the ring with one person and it's the enemy who's coming to steal, kill, and, kill and destroy, man, I'm swinging everything. I'm picking up chairs. I'm throwing. I'm throwing everything. I'm swinging hard. Because I know Father God is not in this ring. In fact, Father God is cheering me on to take a hold of that which has already taken a hold for me. See, when you're in between, when you're forgetful, you're like, man, this, this may be from God. Should I embrace it? Should I go to the doctor? You know? And the reason I keep saying this is because I debate with a lot of people from a certain you know, background that think that sometimes God does these things to get our attention. No. We're in the dispensation of grace. All God is extending is what Jesus paid for on the cross. When there's an earthquake, it's not from God. When there's a sickness, it's not from God. When there's poverty, it's not from God. When there's destruction, it's not from God. God is good and is good all the time. When there's anything bad in your ring, the only person you're in the ring with is the enemy. And he has already been defeated. All you need to do is to swing hard by faith. And guaranteed you will hit him. And take your faith. And take your healing. Amen? Amen. Take your finances. He begins to list what these benefits are. Next verse. Who forgives all thine iniquities or forgives all your sins. And in the same breath, who heals all your diseases. Man, there are so many, several places in scripture. We're going to be looking at them next week. Where forgiveness of sin, right next to it is healing of all your diseases. Because it takes the same power. You remember the woman who was uh, 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 afflicted, who went to Jesus for healing, and Jesus said, woman, your sins have been forgiven. And then she got healed. You know why? Because it takes the same power to forgive sins than as it does to heal of your sicknesses and diseases. It's available for you. He says, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all of your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies my mouth 
with good things so that my youth is renewed like that of an eagle's. Man, you can age, but you don't have to grow old. Man, you can turn 85, you can turn 97, but you don't have to grow old. You know why? Because he renewed the power to renew your youth is available. The Bible says you have a spirit on the inside of you which quickens your mortal bodies, which makes your, mo- your mortal body stay at the place of healing and walking in divine health. I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, healing is mine. Someone shout, I will walk in health, divine health, all the days of my life. Someone shout, I am a channel of blessing. I am a channel of healing. Healing flows through me. All the sick people that I lay hands on shall be healed. They shall recover in Jesus' name. Jesus is paid in full for my health on the cross. Therefore, I grab a hold of it. Body, I command you to keep well. Be healed. Be loosed from all infirmity, from all sickness, from all weakness. You shall be strong and serve me in this ministry all the days of my life. There's a ministry on you that God has called you. And it takes a healthy body for you to do it. It says, I wish above everything that you prosper and be in good health. And be in good health even as your soul prospers. Thank you, Jesus, for healing. Father, we thank you right now that your healing is here. (laughs) Some of you are thinking, but pastor, it's just a flu. It's just a running. The power of God is here to take care of that. Some of you are thinking, Pastor T, it's just an allergy. You know, and I've made adjustments. You don't have to make adjustments. Kill that snake today. Today. The power of God to heal you is here this morning. Grab a hold of it. Some of you are thinking the doctors couldn't do this. God is way bigger than the doctors. Thank you, Lord, for the restoration of each and every body under the sound of my voice. If we love you, God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. God bless you. Bye-bye.